be very crystal clear as what you want and give yourself permission to wanting that. First thing is to write a permission letter, grant yourself permission to wanting that. Because sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to want that unapologetically and sign it. Microphone check, one, two, what is this? You're now listening to a brand new episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Look what you done started. Talk to him. Attorney, high-performance coach, and speaker Cherie Prince asks hard questions to really get to the bottom of what makes entrepreneurs tick. From starting a business, marketing, strategies, and the ins and outs of their industries. We talk everything from book recommendations, lifestyle hacks, and everything possible to get you inspired and motivated to build your own business. The Play Big Faster podcast starts now. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of Play Big Faster podcast. We are joined today by Sharin Dinesh, executive and leadership coach. Sharin, how are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you. Great. I am so excited about our topic for today. We generally talk about entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, sole proprietors, and things like that, but we have a very original topic today. Tell us what you're going to be sharing with us. I'm going to talk about entrepreneurs. There are people that they have those entrepreneurial blood in their system, but they've decided to stay in the corporate land. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. And I know people that they haven't gone out to the wild world to set up their own businesses. They're going to be interested in this topic because there are a lot of people that they want to create new things. They have ideas. They want to bring it to life, but they've decided to stay in the larger companies. They decided to stay where in the corporate space. So it's funny because the same things that an entrepreneur in wild world will need to do, they have to do it in the construct and constraints of a large organization. So if you are an entrepreneur with an idea, you need to have a great idea. You need to be able to validate it. You need to be able to do the problem solution fit. And then you need to raise money. You got to pitch many million times, raise money, hire people. So all of that jazz. And then hopefully you get to market fit. Once you got to market fit, now the problem starts. Now you are in the scale up phase. So all of that happens and exists for people that they are in the corporate and they want to bring something new. So you think of large companies. There's always someone inside that needed to come up with the idea, put a couple of papers together, pitch to exec, be able to raise funds. They don't raise money. They tap into an existing budget, which is exactly equal to raising money. And then find people in the organization that they are interested in that way and they're willing to put the work and time into it and then test it. and they challenging part of this this topic that I'm talking is that a lot of corporate they have a lot of rules and constraints that you need to adhere to so you have way more regulation not from the external bodies from the internal body so you have to adhere to all of that tick a lot of boxes so you can say now we are offering a new service now we are offering a new product 
So that's something that I've been working with, yeah, a lot of my clients, which are executives. How does an entrepreneur know that they need an executive and leadership coach? The short answer to that is if it's going slower than you are expecting. What I have realized is this. From the time that you have an idea or you realize something is bugging you, so something is going on in your mind or something is going on in your heart, to the time that you'll be able to come up with a solution for it and make a certain decisions, that path is your measure of effectiveness. And a lot of my clients, they are capable people. They are high performer. They are decision makers. They are action takers. So if you feel it's more than two, three months that you are stuck and you're not moving forward, you're not getting traction, something is missing. Something is missing for you. So you're going to find out what it is. And most of the time, people that we work with, they are quiet Uh, they're seasoned. They know their stuff. It's not their first year at at work. So if on that level, someone is getting stuck for more than three months, it means there's something that needs to be dismantled, something that needs, it needs a fresh look. It needs a different way of looking at this and going about it. So my measure, and I use that one for myself, by the way, Sherry, if I'm stuck with something for more than three months, I know, okay, I can't solve this one. Someone needs to help me. I either need a mentor or a coach. When you're dealing with people at this level of organization, they are deemed to be people that are very knowledgeable and skilled and probably have a lot of direct or indirect reports. Do you get a lot of resistance because they may feel like they're able to do it without your help? Actually, no. All of these ones, all of the people that I work with, they know their why. So they know that they are after impact. So I work with two groups of people. The ones that they, so imagine the corporate land and the top part of it, the triangle. In the States, we call them VPs and in the rest of the world are executives or director. Different names, but imagine the top of the organization. So the first group that I work with are the senior managers. We call them subject matter experts, seasoned people, professionals, that they know they want to go to higher positions, but they can't hit that limit. They're normally either unseen or unappreciated. They've been promised the promotion and they don't get any bad feedback. It's not that they've been told that something is missing from your work. It's just they've been there for about one or two years and they say, sure, and I don't know how to go up. So the thing is how to position yourself as a senior leader so you can do some entrepreneurial or entrepreneurial work so that's the first group that they would like to work on how do i get to those positions second group is the people that they've already got there so i have a lot of cxos in my circle they're already there they say to me shireen i've hit all my goals i've got my house my husband my wife my kids they all like set I don't have any mortgage or any of that. Life is set. I've hit my goals internally, personal goals, and my company also is happy with me. But I don't know what I want to be doing when I grow up. (laughs) And they are senior people. That's the time for them to think about what is my impact? What is my legacy? What do I want to do? What do I want to give back to this world? 
Who are the people that I want to mentor? Which area? Sometimes they say to me, look, I'm tired of this space. I've been doing this one for 20, 30 years, and I've got another 20 years ahead of me. I still have my mojar. I don't want to retire. I'm not planning my retirement. So I need to, the technical term for it, we say in executive coaching, we say pivot. But the normal word for it is I want to restart. I want to reinvent myself. So that's the second group. They know how to get things. They just don't know what is the next thing for them. The first group, they don't know how to get higher positions. The second group, they don't know what is the next position for them. They have network. They have experience. They know how to raise money. They, they have it. It's just, what am I going to cook now? <laughs> Usually, when you're working with either group, do you have a minimum amount of time that you suggest people work with you to get certain results? Or is it truly just on a case-by-case basis? I would say at least three months. And I previously had longer engagements or maybe technical term for it is containers, but minimum of three months because a lot of work that we do on that level is not so much of technique or strategy, is a lot is about shifting my mindset, shifting behavior, shifting beliefs, replacing beliefs. So those are not something that I can do in, they can't do it in, two, three sessions. Because traditionally, all of, because executives are very time poor and time sensitive, their time is expensive. They used to go to these two, three day jam pack, either training courses or programs, and then they come back to their daily life. And it's okay. So what was that? Like what happened to that, all those things? And it doesn't translate to daily life and to the both personal and their corporate life. So when we work with them over three, four months, we work on their daily activities and make micro shifts so the change gets embedded into the way they lead themselves and lead their uh, teams. You need time to embed those ones. So I work a lot on different aspects, their identity, their expertise which is basically the edge what they're known for their presence and when i talk presence i don't mean just you put a suit on or you do a makeover i mean your digital presence your your presence inside the organization i work a lot with people that they want to go international so how do you widen your scope of influence or visibility And the fourth area that I work on is as a successful leader, you need to have a healthy network. What has happened here is that these are senior people, but they have been mostly internal focused. They have been looking at their organization internally because they want to get things done and move things forward. But when I ask, okay, what's your network externally? I go to a couple of conferences and I'm like, that's not networking. That's not how it's done. And the fifth area is negotiating your worth. I spend a lot of time on that because the more senior you become, you get offered options, perks. And if you don't know how to negotiate those things, and I know that you are a lawyer, (laughs) attorney, so you do know what's the meaning of those contracts. And sometimes they don't actually mean anything because they don't have any graceful exit. So you've been promised something, you come on board with that, And then you think, 
now it's two years. I want to move on. And that contract is not in your favor at all <laughs> because it just doesn't mean anything. can't be turned to a cash normally or it's very difficult. So there is the five aspects of leadership is something that I work heavily and very focused. Of course, not everyone needs all of that. Sometimes people will come and say, look, I kind of lost. I don't know what it is. So we need to work on the leadership viewpoint. Some people will come and say, look, I'm scared. I think my skill set is not going to be relevant in the next two years. And these are the confidential conversations. These are not a conversation that you're going to have in open forum with anyone. But they say, look, I'm scared. I've been doing this one for 20 years. I'm expert in this one. But in five years, I'm not sure if this needed at all. You made a good point. Part of the work that you do, is it all one-to-one or do you have a group component to it as well? Yes. So I have three layers of service and offering because I wanted to make this one accessible. So of course I do have one-on-one and then I have group coaching that is of, to make it more accessible and you know more cost-effective. And then also I have a smaller courses that they are same content is just one way and they are cheaper. And I always, we are business people. So I always talk about ROI, start somewhere, do the work, get some results. Once you get results, go with another layer higher. But sometimes people will come say, I need you on my corner. I need your full attention. I can make a move in next six months. I'm like, okay, I'm here. I'm right behind you. I'm just right beside you. And that's different layers. But definitely, it's a valuable work. And doing this for at least three months, it sets the trajectory for five to seven years. And I start with that long trajectory. How much of your time is spent looking in the rearview mirror? Because I know that you're forward-facing when you start working with them. But how much of a deep dive do you have to look at in terms of company culture and the different policies that the company has? A fair bit. A fair bit, because sometimes they realize that I'm not in the right environment for this. So yes, we ask tough questions. The beauty of this work is because these people are the ones that they have a lot of awareness about what's going on, and they have that fire inside them. Once they arrive at this decision that they're in the wrong place, and they are good at making those decisions and executing so I work with really fast people. This is a, So my job is to bring clarity to what is it that they need to make decision on and what are the decision-making models. So make it. And they do. It's unlikely that I work with someone that says, I don't know, maybe, sure. I'm like, all right, that's my job. Here are your options. What are other options you have? What information is missing for you that you can't make move? And it's interesting because when we work on decision-making models, there are different ones. The ones that they are logical and analytical, facts on the table, great. The ones that they are consensus-based, like a few people need to nod their head before you feel comfortable that you can move forward 
or if you are in a corporate world, you do need endorsement from like a specific circle to be able to move something forward. And the other type of decision making that is very important and it's overlooked in executive world, but it is needed in leadership space is your intuition. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I spent a lot of time to mute the noise for my clients so they can find out what is it that they really want. Because what you want, what you desire, what's your calling normally gets buried under all this demand and past commitments of external work. So you're sitting unhappy, somewhat miserable. It's like, oh, outside, everyone is looking at me. Mrs. So-and-so is walking in a room. Mr. Blah-Blah is giving a talk. So-and-so is behind it. So you're outside, are respected, sometimes like looked up to. And then inside, you are like, I really don't want to be doing this every day of my life. So what is it that you want to be doing? Can you give us one example of how you mute the noise? Is that meditation? Is it more sleep, exercise? Combination of all of that. One exercise that we do is this. And I want everyone, if you're listening to this one, either pause this one or come back to this point of this this podcast and re-listen to this one. Create a space for yourself for a short period of time. Normally half an hour is enough to don't have any external distractions and put yourself in a closed physical space, all right? So you are, you'll get a sense of protection. So no one is coming at you. No one is hugging you. And this is what questions that I want to assume that you are in this space. Everyone else, your team, your loved one, your house, everyone is safe and protected. So you're not needed. You're not abandoning them. You're not abdicating your responsibilities. You're not, it's not about your, you're not forgetting anything. All right. So they assume for half an hour, they're loved, they're protected, they're safe, and they are attended to. So for half an hour, you're allowed to look at yourself and say, hey, what do you really want to be doing? If you didn't need to make money if your mortgage was paid if your job was there what is it that you really want to do and then I start writing down a lot of work that I do sure is that I get people to write with their hands I don't want you to type anything of course I'm available to them on messaging and Voxer privately but I say write with your hands and once they send me their handwriting Things that come up for them is very different. I have a senior portfolio manager in one of the large banks that said to me, I want to be traveling. I do not traveling and making money. I do not want to manage this multi-million, close to billion portfolio of assets. I'm like, no, would you be okay to explore being doing what you're doing, but in a travel and tourist industry? Would you be open to do this, explore working in an airline, hotel. This person has the expertise to run and manage and optimize and grow a portfolio of assets. So that's the skill that he has. But can he apply that in a different industry? You don't need to be in um, investment banking firms. 
And he was like, I can do that. And I love that. I was like, these are the things that will come up. And he's just basically changed his life and his family. And it was because of a very simple exercise. I'm going to try that today, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you had one piece of advice for someone on how to play big faster, what would it be? All right. Be very crystal clear as what you want and give yourself permission to wanting that. First thing is to write a permission letter. Grant yourself permission to wanting that. Because sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to want that unapologetically and sign it. That's the first thing that I ask everyone in my programs, private or group, to do that. Even in the book, I'm talking about first thing before you read the book, grant yourself permission to level up. You have to tell us where to find the book and also how to contact you. Definitely. So for finding me, there are two places that I live. I live in LinkedIn and definitely contact me. That's the account that I manage myself. I'm on other places as well, Instagram and all that. Yes. The second place is Udemy courses that I have. And that's where I say, Sherry, that I have inexpensive training for people because I want to get this work to all corners of the world. And not everyone can afford what I charge for their programs. And maybe it's not needed, actually. So start with courses, go through them, get the training, do the work, get some results, and then level up to the next level. And book is on Amazon, and I will share the link with everyone, but it's level up from unseen to sought after. Because I am committed with all my heart, with all my expertise, with all my network, with everything to help people that they are good at what they do to get to the positions that they can, that they can do something, that they can impact, they can make a change. And once you see that movement as just heartwarming, it's, it's just like, go you, I'm here. And I have clients from many years ago, like seven, eight years ago that I've worked with. And now that you can see over time that they've progressed, and it's just a joy. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It was exciting. And I've been learning a lot from what you do, girl. I've been watching and listening. Thank you. And to everyone else, until next time, play big faster. <laughs>